The following content is not suitable for children. Touch, Lori. Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody likes it, doesn't like it, many different types, ways. Mm. How many of us talk about it, though? Such a touchy subject. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Okay, let's talk about it. One of those things, I remember you talked this, about this a lot. You know, babies love touch. Mm, yes. We learn so much from touch non-verbally around pleasure and safety and exploration and curiosity. And, you know, but it's one of those things we take into our bodies, but a lot of times we don't ever get to put into words to mm-hmm. be able to describe And before you know, we find ourselves in relationships with two people who like different types of touch. They don't get a chance to really talk about that with each other. So let's today talk about clearer, more direct touch communication. I think you're right. Even as I'm listening to you talk about it, how many of us have sat and described to our partner, you know, this is what I really like. These, you know, there's so many touches. There's sexual touches. There's even affectional touches. I had a boss once, and he had really large hands, and he would grip my hand in a handshake and literally crush my hand. Mm. I mean, I think it was kind of a power move now that I look back on it. But every single time he shook my hand, I literally you know, had to wince because it hurt so bad. Just even affectionate touch can be wrong. I, I knew another couple who talked about You know, my partner just squeezes me so hard or my partner squeezes me and then doesn't let me go at the right amount of time. I mean, there's we can mess it up (laughs) so easily. And and what we're going to suggest today is people talk about this first, you know, even in affection, but most importantly, in erotic touch. What do you like? How do you communicate that to your partner? How can you say it with words so it becomes clearer to each other exactly and i think it's what stops it is you either person doesn't explore their own needs or likes mm-hmm. or two they don't want to share it and hurt their partner they don't want to reject their partner so they just wind up keeping it to themselves mm-hmm. or you know we live in a script that says don't say these things i mean there's so many blocks for us to tell each other what is the best touch or the best touches maybe yeah, I was working with a couple, Lori, where the wife had a lack of desire. Mm-hmm. And like so many couples we work with, they would fight over how many times. And we got into the details, mm-hmm. right? Like what happens? What, what is, what's the gas pedals? What's the brakes? What works? What doesn't work? And I remember her saying, when we're intimate and we're fooling around, this guy loved to tickle her. 
Mm. Right. He loved to be tickled himself. And mm. it was such a an erotic thing for him to kind of start loosening himself up and kind of letting himself go. The problem was, you know, when she was younger, she actually was molested mm. by somebody who always started off by tickling. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right. So you can see mm -hmm. how what he's doing that's working for himself to get mm -hmm. aroused is actually shutting her down. Yeah, right? and when she said her. something to him when they were first with each other, he got all he got his feelings hurt. He felt rejected. Yeah, she probably felt I'm not that so guy. I'm not bad, your uncle. Right. Right. About hurting him because she knows he loves her and the best thing that's happened to her that she chose from that point on to just try to repress the feeling that she was having that the tickling would create. To do mm. that, she'd have to numb out. No wonder why she's lost her ability to tap into her erotic self. She's dissociating to just kind of stay in the bed. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. but they had no way of talking about this. He had no idea. He just felt, you know, hey, I like this. She don't like it. It felt bad, the rejection. He didn't know the cost for her. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's, that's why these conversations are so critical. Oh, it's so important. And even on, I mean, that's, that's a dramatic example of the way a particular touch evokes, you know, trauma in her mind. Yeah. But once she was able to describe that, right, she was able to describe actually what she needed. She needed firm touch because that meant she was safe. It meant, you know, there was a container and a boundary so she could let herself go. She loved the strength in that, mm. right? And when he was able to understand that, like he liked tickling, but she needed firm. Mm -hmm. And that couple then found much more flexibility. Mm -hmm. She could tickle him, but he was going to hold her firmly, touch, exactly. her, touch her smoothly and firmly. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And then on micro levels, right? Sometimes with our partner, one of my favorite exercises to give women is can you show and tell? Can you literally have show him? and tell? This sounds fun. <laughs> Can you literally have him look at you, look at your mm -hmm. vulva, and touch yourself or use his hands and kind of guide the touch and mm. show all the different places and all the different things that you like, which I know is so vulnerable. You know, a lot of women resist this in the beginning. <laughs> they don't want to do this, um, you know, because it's, I think first there's exposure, right? Just having somebody look at you and being the center of attention can be difficult for some women. But then to actually admit, you know, and this is how I like it and this is what I want and this is the pressure I want, this is the speed I want, this is how you, going from one touch to this touch, this is why you move to a different touch, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how many men could ever know that at a, about a woman's body just instinctually? You have to have both sides of the equation, right? Being the toucher and the touched. And that's when we touch ourselves, we are both sides. And so that's mm -hmm. how we can communicate that. I would think most men would really appreciate that. Would <laughs> just, just put that you're wanting to get clearer about your own sexuality, that you're doing this because you want to be more aroused, that you're trying to give more feedback. I mean, men are constantly looking for feedback. I agree. I think most men would just die for that conversation. But I, I, I do know that for some men, they take it as you're instructing me. You're telling me how to touch you. Why can't I'm fine. Every other woman has liked the way I've touched them. Why would you be doing this? Um, 
That's because every other woman just didn't want to tell you either. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, there's lots of these blocks, but you know, people are listening because they want they want to do it differently, right? How do we welcome this feedback that says you don't have a clitoris? How could you know how to touch it the way somebody that has one has it? Exactly. Exactly. Right. And that direct communication around touch, we often just don't express that. So, you know, if you're a guy, how do you like your penis stroke? Do you like, you know, your tip, do your base, your balls play? And there's so many things that are happening. <laughs> Wait, keep that- going on that, George. You, you, you got to like tell everybody that one. <laughs> so you oh. want the man to say it too, right? Yes. You want him to show and well, use explicit language about how and, and what to do. Right. It's only going to get a better chance of you getting what you want. How many- if you're hoping your partner's just a mind reader and you're like just tilting your body in the direction you're hoping they're going to go, <laughs> it's not the same to say, hey, you know, little Lord, I feel so good. I mean, pe- couples can communicate in a way that's not corrective. It's just saying yes. yeah, a little bit faster. Oh, I, a little harder like that. Like that communication is... I think a turn on for most people. I think so too. Do you think many men say that though? No. I don't think so either. So what's that about, Lori? I think both genders were so afraid to talk this explicitly. Right. And so then we leave our partners literally in the dark, trying to fumble around, not doing it right necessarily, and wanting to do it right, wanting to please mm-hmm. each other. I mean, how many times do I hear about a couple who was like, I thought I was getting her aroused. And then she just kind of rolled over and went to intercourse. And and I had no idea why. She was just like, Oh, I just I just wanted this now. But there wasn't a transition he didn't know, or a woman who's touching a guy, and then he's losing his erection. And she's like, what am I doing wrong? That's what she's thinking, but she's not Mm -hmm. asking. Or maybe she asks, and like you said, You know, there's so many ways to give that feedback that are encouraging, faster, harder. I like that. That's really good. Or switch to this part or something where you direct somebody positively instead of, well, that didn't work. You know, you did it too hard or you did it, you know, too soft or I didn't think you were in it. Your heart wasn't in it. But, you know, how do they know that? They're they're judging that based on the firmness of the touch, perhaps, rather than saying, oh, I would like it to like you to squeeze a little harder there. I think you're onto something. I think it's just a lack of practice of verbalizing. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes awkward and you don't want to hurt feelings or you're just not sure how to say it. But where does it leave us then? Yeah, it leaves us without really knowing what our partner prefers and likes. I mean, in a how many years of marriage that, you know, we see people, they don't know, you know, they're not having the best optimal sex that they could have. So you're saying men should play this game of show and tell too? I think so. Absolutely. Have you ever had a man do that? Yeah. I have heard men who say, you know, I showed her. I showed her how I like to masturbate, the lotion I use, the whole bit. and But she won't show me. All right. Well, that's going to be some homework assignment for our listeners. Mm, mm-hmm. A little game of show and tell just to show start the tell. process over. Yep. Well, let's come back and talk about... Other ways couples can be more explicit with their touch talk. Uberlube. Find uberlube.com and use the coupon foreplay. It is silicone based. 
It is a wonderful lubricant. I have people, and I've been recommending it forever, not just because they sponsor us, but I am so grateful for their sponsorship for us on the podcast. But really, I have had two people this week tell me, you're right, Uberlube is really great. I'm like, right, right, it's silicone, so it doesn't get gummy. And so many of the other water-based lubricants get gummy. They don't feel good. Some of them you get allergic to. I don't like them. This one, I've never heard a bad report. It won't stain your sheets. It is something that you can even use in water, which I didn't know, but it doesn't wash off in water. So that could make like jacuzzi sex really, really fun. So try that. Again, uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay that helps us at the podcast. Please order some travel ones. You know, summer's coming. So order some of those travel packs that you can take. Uberlube.com foreplay is the coupon. Thanks so much. So, Lori, let's get specific mm. and let's give people some of the tools to be more explicit in this touch talk that okay. we're talking about. So when we're talking about touch, are we talking about texture, speed of the touch, pressure of the touch, temperature of the touch, the novelty of the touch? You know, is it touching pain? Is it touching pleasure? You know, what, what is happening with the touch? Really helping people. Is this touch trying to lead to affection? Is it trying to, is it sensual? Is it playful? Is it erotic? I mean, there's so many different types of touch. We can go all over the place. So what are we talking about here, Laurie? Ooh, we're talking about all of those things. They all sound good. I think we should talk about all of them. I like it. Okay. So how do we touch talk? when we want something like pressure that's different, Mm -hmm. how would we communicate that? Is that saying like, hey, a little bit stronger, a little bit firmer? Is that pushing your body more up against your partner to show them that that's kind of what you're looking for? That's nice. I think too, you could put your hands over your partner's hands Mm -hmm. and push more or squeeze more or something just to kind of so that they get it in their body what you're trying to you know show them and help them learn right and to recommend trying different types of pressure in different body parts you might like a more pressure on your shoulders and less on your calf Mm -hmm. right and how do you that's why having a massage i mean that's a different type of touch than something that's going to be more playful or erotic Mm-hmm. I often tell people that erotic touch should be as systematic as a massage. Like when you go to a masseuse, you know, they kind of do one side of the body and there's they're intentional about the touch and which touch they're doing mm-hmm. versus just kind of whatever works. And I think that when it comes to erotic touch, People don't know. They don't kind of have their moves. It's like, well, I'll just go down there and see what's what's cooking, see what mm-hmm. happens. You know, they, they don't really have a plan. So I, I like the idea of, you know, would a touch be firmer on your shoulders or your calves? Same sort of thing, I think, when you're touching each other's genitals, particularly. Like, first, you even know where the shoulders and the calves are of the genitals. 
I was doing a, a film with uh, Casey, Casey Caston of Marriage 365, some friends of ours. And he and his cameraman, they had me answer a question about the clitoris. And as I was talking about it, both of them walked away from that conversation and they said, I, I knew like 3% of what you said. When it came to the structure of the clitoris, I knew 3%. They didn't know where the shoulders and the calves were. They didn't know where the hood was or the shaft was or the labia was or the glands. They they didn't really understand the structure of the clitoris. So they couldn't, if you don't understand that on a woman's body, very difficult to know what different touches might be good in those different places or even mm. that there are different places that feel differently. Right. And and. Maybe some of the time you want to target the most sensitive areas, and some of the time you want to stay absolutely away from that. So I didn't know there was a shoulder in calves. <laughs> These are new parts. Very good. Very good. Well, I appreciate <laughs> the importance of knowing the different body parts. Yeah. Right. If you don't know someone's neck, how are you supposed to know how to push on rub or to tickle? Mm-hmm. Right. It's how do we get that same comfort level with our genitals? Mm-hmm. Right. Which oftentimes is even harder to talk about. Much harder to talk about. Right. For sure. So if I want my back scratched, that's easy. But mm-hmm. if I want a certain pressure on my penis, that's a, that's a harder conversation to have. That's a more difficult conversation. Why do we think it's so difficult, though, with somebody who is wanting to please us mm-hmm. it is so vulnerable do you think it's vulnerable because it's just not done yeah and I mean, what's the fear and the vulnerability that you're going to be rejected that the person's going to think you're like what is it because like as you're saying it out loud it's sh- it should be so much easier than it is you know i think part of it is it is kind of so complicated if you're a woman and The timing could change. I mean, you could tell somebody what you want, and then five minutes later, that doesn't work. (laughs) You know, my husband likes to say, women are kind of like combination locks, and the combination keeps changing, (laughs) which I think is so true, you know, because the time of the month or, you know, you ate too much salt at dinner or something, and your genitals literally change, and so touches that might have felt good don't feel good now. And you don't want to keep correcting your partner or making them feel bad. But as the receiver, you're the only one who really knows what it's like. And so you could maybe do the instructive talk, but then there's the in the moment talk and what you need in that moment. And it's just, I think, a lot of fear. What a great analogy, the change in the lock. So what's the alternative? Just keep changing and not communicate it? I mean, that seems pretty frustrating to be spitting and trying to get those numbers. Mm-hmm. I remember forgetting my combination at school with me. Like, oh, <laughs> man, that was not a good feeling. <laughs> Just spinning that thing around and around and nothing oh, no. happening. Right. Exactly. So I, I, how do we use that image to say, even if it is changing, which it does, it, it's more important than to communicate kind of what's happening with you with the changes. And yet what we seem to be getting is less communication. So true. And maybe it's because the communication failed. I mean, I I think if you're telling your partner something really explicit, and especially if you're doing it verbally, Mm -hmm. you need a verbal comeback. You know, like, 
basically, wow, thank you so much for telling me that. Thank you for showing me that. I appreciate you being vulnerable and letting me know and so good that what I did last night doesn't work tonight and that you have the courage to tell me that. You know, that kind of wrapping them up and supporting them and comforting them, Mm -hmm. so good. And I think would make your partner more open, especially if you, you get it wrong. You know, and and it's like the thing that you've done 16 times worked, you know, the last 16 times you made love. And this time they're like, I don't like that at all. You're like, what? Man, it just should be teaching couples as soon as they do with each other to start having these conversations. It's so much easier. It is. But we were talking about this on another podcast. The goal is to respond to what your partner is saying. Right? That's meeting the need. But if you're not going to meet the need, how do you then give permission for your partner protecting themselves right if you don't meet the need (laughs) and then your partner doesn't want to make love anymore so painful or your partner just feels like you know they shut down because they feel like they told you and so if you have to shut down after you've told your partner something that you like or don't like and it doesn't happen this this happens to me more often than not i think with women george that come in and say I have low libido. I often, through really careful talking, learn that they have fantasies, they have ideas, they've asked for different touches, they've whispered what they like, and their partner somehow or another has not done it or has ignored it or in the heat of passion, you know, kind of does their own thing. I mean, there's a lot of ways they get shut down and they don't correct. Yeah. And then they they basically are reducing their own libido. They don't want to do mm-hmm. it as much. Mm-hmm. So this conversation is so important. It is. And I love that word that you say, they whisper it. There's subtle kind of hints that aren't picked up on, which leads to rejection. Ultimately, people are afraid to talk because they're afraid of the rejection that's going to come when they do. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do, they, how do we have our listeners say, wait a second, wait for these moments and give that person success. There's nothing more valuable than letting you into in real time what you want and what you don't want. Like that's great information. That's great sex talk right there. That right? is How do sexy we welcome sex talk. That? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so sad that so many times it's heard as criticism. I'm not doing it right. You're telling me I'm doing it wrong. And and that's not the case at all. You can't possibly be in that person's body. You can't. And no, they just need a little bit faster, a little bit slower, right? And they're just wanting that more with you with that feedback. It's really just trying to change our responsiveness to the feedback. Do we take it as criticism or do we take it as an opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, for more attunement? Right? When we train therapists, we're always training them to look for the misattunement. You're always going to be out in front or fall behind your clients. That's part of the process. It's great information as long as you take that information and you adjust, you pivot. It's the same thing with sex. Mm-hmm. How do we see the opportunity to pivot and really getting feedback from our clients that's so helpful? Right. How do we pivot and say, even if we feel rejected or we feel criticized, to say, you know, what you're telling me, it's the most important thing that I need to know. And so bring it. Bring it. Yes, bring it. Yeah. That'd be the best thing you could hear all day. Actually, your partner let you into this place. 
we have to train our listeners to really kind of celebrate these moments. Clear communication, clear sex talk, like that is that is what is desperately needed. And most yes. of us grow up not doing this. This is hard to do, and it's hard. And when we do it, it feels so awkward, and then it, we wind up not saying it again. So let's really turn the tables on this, Lori. Let's do it. Absolutely. I I think too. You know, just even being able to say the body parts out loud. I mean, it would be great if they could just start saying that. That's one of the things I've done in classes before is I've said clitoris, penis, vagina, genitals, vulva, nipples, you know, just like saying the, the, the real names. And I think it's great if couples have a mutual language where it's playful and, and they can do that. But, you know, sometimes you kind of need to know shaft, hood, lens, right. you know, I mean, really getting specific, you know, might be helpful worth the investment that education and to really it's worth getting the feedback you know when your partner says slower harder faster that's all just so they want to be more with you right how cool is that instead of just being left in a silence and trying to anticipate and mind read your partner yes yes good stuff Lori thanks for listening keep it hot and touching Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.